0: Welcome to a paranormal show unlike any other. The Ghost Helper Show with your guides, Tina Irwin and Laura Van Tyne. Where the paranormal is more normal than you think. We are seasoned psychics who once led normal everyday lives just like you. Until the paranormal world refused to be ignored any
1: longer. We have listened to countless dead tell their stories, and we are sharing that knowledge with you. Join us each week as we take a piece of the paranormal and explain how it works using true ghost stories, the tales that the dead have told us.
0: Our intention is to offer new insights and understandings of the paranormal pandemonium, which surrounds that mystical fourth dimension and how it impacts our normal everyday lives. The Ghost Helper Show with Laura and Tina. Teaching the living to help the dead starts now. Welcome, everyone, to Ghost Helpers. I'm Tina Irwin. I'm here with Laura Van And we want to remind everyone that the paranormal is significantly more normal than you might think, because paranormal stuff happens every single day, whether you're even conscious of it or not. And this particular show is dedicated to everyone out there who is grieving something or someone that you love dearly. And this is your first, second, fourth or 25th Christmas, Hanukkah or holiday, birthday, Thanksgiving, whatever, without them. And Laura, I know that you have some shout out to groups because you have some Facebook people who are really helpful.
1: I want to say thank you to, uh, I've had a rough week this week. I'll I'll be (laughs) honest with you. It was a really rough week. Um, About three months ago, I was asked to help find a missing person uh, back East. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere around there. And I was able to connect with this girl's ghostly soul, which meant that she had died. And she had told me everything that happened to her. And and it was kind of a complicated thing. But all of those elements of where her body was, and all those cues and clues were there. And just earlier this week, I got notification. Thank you, Whitney, for letting, letting me know that they found this poor girl's body. And it just struck me really tough. And we talk to and deal with dead people all the time. And I don't know if it has to do with the plethora of of souls that have died through sex trafficking and illegal immigration. And the fact that this family has a holiday unlike anyone they'll ever have again, unfortunately, because their their loved one is gone. Now they know for sure their, their loved one is gone. On the plus side, if you have to look at the silver lining, she has crossed over. So that is a huge element for her soul evolution and the soul evolution of her family.
0: Well, the interesting thing was they did find her not necessarily because of what you told them, because you didn't tell them how to I, find her, No, but the clues she gave you were.
1: there were was... spot on. And the problem with dealing, when you deal with a missing person, if the police get, if it's ever brought up to the police, you know, that someone has used a psychic, et cetera, that evidence may not withstand itself in the court of law. So you have to be really careful. And so the police, technically aren't they're not involved but that girl was missing and she's been found and all of those clues she was right about and it's just it was it hit me hard and i actually made a post on it on facebook and i want to thank everybody who you know commented and i got to be honest with you i haven't read them all yet because i just like it was like i couldn't handle it i was like i went over the edge with this one and
0: You may have compassion fatigue.
1: I might. And it could be that, you know, she's the age of my girls, it's the holidays, et cetera. So I do want to thank everybody for their well wishes and love and support. I really do appreciate that. And I've literally have been off of social media for the past three or four days because it was just like, it was like that tipping point for me. And I don't think I've ever had a tipping point like that before.
0: Well, the last time we had a tipping point was when we crossed over all those Young women and young men who were victims of sex f- trafficking, that hit both of us really yeah, hard. I, and I mean, for a week, we could barely function. You you, sometimes you, we're, we're different because we actually talk to the dead and we cross them over. We know where they are now.
1: We're never, ever going to allow a soul to linger between dimensions because that's cruel and compassionless. And so anyways, this just hit me really tough. And I want to, you know, thank you guys for all of your well wishes. I really appreciate it. And I will go through and read and respond, um, you know, probably in the next day or so. It was just, it was just tough. So having said that, this show is a little bit different than the shows we've done in the past because every person out there will experience some form of grief and the levels of grief can very greatly, as unique as we all are. So we're talking about the year of firsts, the first year without a loved one, their first birthday, their first Christmas, their first Hanukkah, their first whatever, because what happens is change is constant and death is as natural as birth, but it can be really tough to deal with the death and the quote-unquote loss of a loved one, even though hopefully they're not lost and they've been crossed over.
0: Having crossed them over mitigates certain levels and intensities of grief because you're only feeling your own, which is, believe me, that's plenty. You're not also experiencing theirs because they're standing right next to you. And I know we've, like if we say, you can't go through life without experiencing grief. I mean, it's part of life's lessons. If, if, if there were no point to a death then it we would never have death, we would just all live forever and get really tired of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I, that would be really tough. I, I, I think that maybe it would be a good idea to talk about, you know, when your dad died that first Christmas, how was that? For you, you know,
1: when my dad died that first year, you know, my husband, both of his parents died within six months of each other. And our oldest daughter was, I think about six or seven. So my kids were little, little, and I know she's taking my cord. Sorry. Sorry So my kids were little, both of their, my husband's parents died within months of each other, but they were elderly. They had health problems. It was expected, right? They had lived a full life. And so yes, that first year without my in-laws was hard, but we also knew that they had the opportunity to live a full life, a great life, a wonderful life.
0: And you knew death was coming.
1: And we knew death was coming with my dad. It was like the sucker punch of the year. I, you know, no one was expecting this. He had a backache and a few weeks later he died of pancreatic cancer that first year. It was tough. And you know, my kids are down a few grandparents and just within a year, years time. Right. So we had dealt with a lot and having to make different plans having to do things differently that first year and those subsequent years really it's what life is all about how do you handle those situations because they happen to everybody nobody will be immune to death that's i think one of the universal things out there amongst it's all the of us the great equalizer it is and we have a book, you know, Soul Evolution, Past Lives and Karmic Ties, that we talk about this, that every death has a purpose. And sometimes we don't know what that purpose is right away.
0: And sometimes, if you really want to understand this, we do have an, another one, The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief. It was actually the first book that that I ever wrote. And, and I wrote this book because uh, my six-year-old niece died. And nobody knew what to say to us. And I realized that everybody's grieving something everywhere. And and if you're, if you, if your death is really fresh, I mean, it happened a week ago well, or a month loved ago. one's death. I'm sorry. <laughs> the death you're dealing with, not your own, hopefully. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Semantics. That's why I have
0: you. You caught it. Yeah. Then you're, it's like your whole vision is covered with this like this thin black crepe that you can't seem to see through. This grief seems to just surround you. And part of learning about grief is learning how do you live without the person who died. And people say, oh, it's so much harder if it's a child because you have all these expectations for a child. You will, if your child dies, whatever that age well, is. Well,
1: when a child dies, it's not the natural order of things, right? We all expect. We
0: think it's not the right. natural order of things, right. and and I would like to point out that souls come here for a variety of purposes, and they don't always need 100 experience-filled years. They don't. Sometimes they need six years or six months or 10 years or 25 years they don't need a hundred not all souls need that maybe they need to have felt and had certain experiences once they've had those they leave that's not right or wrong or good or bad it's the it's the karmic path the soul evolution for that soul it impacts everyone around them so they can learn the lessons that come with the death of that person. Some of those are hard lessons. Some of those are excruciating experiences. And you think, gosh, I don't ever wanna have to have that lesson again. But the problem is, as you learn these lessons, the ability to deal with them in a balanced way, hopefully grows and it enables you to help those around you with their grief. And sometimes when your grief is so tremendous, it's kind of hard to look at anybody else's grief. But, you know, we have to do that. So as you're going about your mundane world, you still have to do the ordinary things. Even though you may feel like your world has come to this grinding halt, the sun is going to come up tomorrow for you. It won't for them, but it will come up for you. And you still have to put gas in your car and go grocery shopping and do laundry and and open your mail and live. You still have to put one foot in front of the other and keep going. And it is among the hardest things anyone has to do. And if it's someone you're super close to, I remember I've had some deaths where I would wake up crying. It's like, I don't know what I did last night, but it was really tough because I woke up and I'm crying. I'm thinking, what happened? So you know that grief is going to affect you in a really profound way. And if the soul is crossed over, then, and we had a conversation with a mom recently whose um, son took his own life and her grief is just mountainous as you can well imagine he was a teenager. And it may be that he took his own life, life after life after life, but in this life, he was crossed over and that may have been the opportunity of millennia because now he will get advice and counsel, something he'd never get in the fourth dimension and soul healing to the depth of his core.
1: And when a soul languishes as a ghost in the fourth dimension, I don't care what any psychic tells you. They are not in a good spot in that fourth dimension, that place between heaven and earth. If they languish there there are all kinds of dark evil beings that reside there that will harm that soul and you know the 23rd psalm you know sh- you shall fear no evil why are we talking about evil if there's no evil well there is evil so crossing them over helps that soul's evolution it helps them to heal so like you said said to your point crossing over that young man that committed suicide is a huge advantage to that soul's evolution because now he has afforded to him all of these things that he never had for a very long time.
0: What it did for his family, especially his mother, was she felt she had done the most spiritually powerful thing she could ever have done. And she felt the shift when he crossed over. She felt lighter. She slept better. It was a It was a lot of very subtle changes, and yet she felt better. And now she sends prayers to him in the heaven world. She knows where he is. She feels she can continue to do good things for him. And there is a a certain sense of peace that gave her, that came to her because she has some understanding. But let's go back to the year of firsts. What do you do, let's say, at Christmas and Hanukkah?
1: Or Thanksgiving, or a birthday, but or specifically any of
0: those. First. But specifically at this time of the the December time of year, when there's um, you're sending out holiday cards and you're making cookies and you're cooking all the foods, and maybe it could be a birthday too that the yeah. person used to love so much, and so um, and there's the music. Oh, that person loved that particular Christmas carol, or that that song on the radio. Just sent realizing.
1: You into a, you're not going to buy a gift you thought you were going to buy.
0: Or all the gifts you set aside, which I do. I plan years in yeah. advance, with all kinds of gifts. You're never going to give to that person. And because of that, you feel like you're somewhat at a loss. So I would offer that even though when you're grieving, you feel an aloneness. It's as if you're the only person in the world who can possibly feel this grief. But you're not. Lots of people feel it. The problem is most people have no idea what to say to you. And sometimes you have to tell them how to help you. So if it's the holiday season and you ordinarily made cookies, ask your friend or neighbor who you think would be open to it to come over and help you and your kids make cookies. And an astonishing number of people have parents that die. You talked about what happened when you were uh, teaching school.
1: Oh, you know, when I was a, gosh, when my kids were little and I was teaching in a, in a school that they went to, it was as if every year we had one student whose mom or dad died. Every year for like 10 years, which it's it's just crazy. So what was going on is kind of the big thing. We even had a teacher die one year. So the ability to, let's say the death is not yours, but it's someone you know kind of keep an eye out for them and don't be afraid to approach them. A lot of times people kind of feel like death is contagious. Well, you know, someone so died of cancer. Oh my God, I don't want to talk. You know, I don't want that. But it's an opportunity for us to learn compassion, to help. It's a karmic, it's also a karmic issue where we can blend our actions into helping someone. It helps our karmic bank account and it also helps them. And every year we would have some kid whose mom or dad died. And at first when someone dies, the whole world comes rushing to you, right? And it's And you're numb. And you're numb. And then as time goes on, people peel off and they start, they forget, or they start to- They get
0: busy, they're alive.
1: Right. One of the things that I would always do, and I still do this whenever this happens, is around the six month mark, check in on your friend. And I, you know, I would say, hey, you know, to the dad whose kids now have to go to daycare all the time, let's have so-and-so over every Wednesday or every Tuesday and, you know, just drop her off and they can swim in the pool and they can play and have fun. And it helps to divert their attention and to realize maybe they don't have to miss so hard.
0: Exactly. And, you know, and ask a friend, can my... You know, can my kids make cookies when you make cookies? Or would you like to come over and help us make cookies? Because doing the normal and the ordinary takes you back to that place of being a little bit more grounded. If you have to wrap presents, and that's a really hard thing. Ask somebody to come over and help you wrap presents.
1: You know, and here's a question I have, and that is, you you come across, you know, a friend of yours who lost someone, let's say their husband or whatever, walking up to them in a grocery store, how are you doing? It can kind of just like make us go, I don't want to deal with it. I'm in a public place. I don't want to have to break down. So kind of be thoughtful of the words you use and choose as well.
0: That really goes back to be careful what you say, especially even at funerals. Yeah. Like the woman whose husband, the sister who went to the funeral of her her sister, whose husband just died. She goes up to her sister and she says, listen, how much insurance did he leave you? Did he leave you any money? Because you're gonna need money. And and she says, I'm burying him today. It's like, yeah. think, <laughs> use emotional intelligence to think what not to say. Another woman was telling uh, her friend, listen, you're young, you're pretty, you're gonna remarry. This is at the funeral. She hasn't put her husband in the ground yet. It's got another couple hours before he's in the ground. But she's already talking about getting out there and dating. Not appropriate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so we all have these things. We all have these experiences. So how do we, you know, we talked about making Christmas cookies and cards. And here's another one. Sometimes grief and crying is healing.
0: If somebody, you meet them in the grocery store and you know that someone they love just just died. I have an allergy and my eyes keep watering. I'm sorry. sorry about that. And instead of, you know, going up and saying, oh my God, how are you? Just say, you know, it's really great to see you. How have you been doing? You know, just keep it light. And uh, I noticed so-and-so, I noticed that things were in your yard. Or if you see them on the street, wave. Don't run her scurry away. Right. Treat them like you would ordinarily treat them. It helps that person go back to that place of feeling normal. And don't allow yourself to shut down at holidays. Allow yourself to have some semblance. Maybe you don't do the all out decorating or all the things you would ordinarily have done. Do some of it. That return to being normal is very, very healing.
1: And with that, allow yourself some time to grieve. Go, you know, if you have to block out a time frame where you can just listen to some music and sit and cry tears are salty and salt cleanses salt heals in all dimensions
0: i think that's that's fantastic advice you have to embrace the grief experience you're having an experience and i think one of the other really hard things is that before it, and again i'm going i'm kind of jumping between things how a person died determines how you grieve Very true. The method of death determines your path of grief. So if you have a long drawn out death, I got a card from someone a couple days ago. Oh, my husband died in April. It's like, oh, I had no idea. And she said, yes, he had cancer for a really long time. So it was a long death. And her, her, her card was very matter of fact, she had already gotten past the majority of it and when you because she expected it it was coming
1: it was coming and he's already lived a long life it's not like he was 25 years old two little kids
0: and so she knew it was coming and even though you will miss the person and you love the person it's not a shock but if you have someone who dies in a car accident or like the woman who was walking down you know a street in new york city in the building facade fell off and hit her in the head and killed her.
1: Well, like in my, near my hometown of Rancho Bernardo, a woman is walk. She the crosswalk turns for her and a drunk driver just plowed her down. And she was just going to walk across the street to go do some shopping. No big deal, right? So imagine the shock her family has of a death like that versus something that is long.
0: And what happens is if you are the remaining family members there is the you before the phone rang or the doorbell rang and there's the you after that moment and it's a dividing line in your life and after that moment you can't it's such a stark moment for you because it's so unexpected that you look in the mirror and you have to get to know the person who's looking back at you. Cause you don't know yourself anymore. The person you used to be, sometimes you feel like they died with, with them that day. And now you look in the mirror and you have to get to know yourself all over again. And the holiday times make it, make it even harder, but you are who you've always been. Now you have a new experience and embrace the new you. You have a, you have this knowledge, this experience, and it can open your heart to compassion, or it can harden you. And we we mentioned earlier that every death has a purpose. And you know H.G. Wells did a, uh, a book, you know about you know time machine. He created this time machine, and in the first part of the book, he is proposing to his fiance, and this man comes up. And tries to to rob them and kills her in this book. Well, he has a time machine. So he goes back and he changes where they're going to meet. And so he sits her in this coffee shop and he, he rushes over to get flowers. She doesn't understand what he's doing. She crosses the street and a horse and carriage kills her. And he tries it a third time and she dies every time. Her time was up. And that was such a stark reality and fascinating moment for me when I I read this and looked at how H.G. Wells approached it. Sometimes that soul is never going to have lived a whole life. It's as if somebody goes, um, yep, your time's up. Time to come home.
1: Your time's up. But we also have to remember that we, we spend more time outside of a mortal body than in one. We spend more time in that other realm, if it's the fourth dimension or hopefully the fifth dimension, then we do in this physical incarnation. And we come here for those experiences that our soul needs. And sometimes we need to learn how to grieve someone. Sometimes we need to learn how to live without someone.
0: That's a big deal. And sometimes that person has to leave. And if it's a child, let's say there are four of you and your mom and dad and two kids and your child dies. It's sort of like you have a stool that has four legs and you're completely out of balance. You have to rework you have to rework the stool. So you have a three-legged stool, but that doesn't mean that you can stay out of balance. You can come back into balance. That's a really important concept.
1: And we're going to take a break here in a little bit. But what we'd love for you to do is if you have a chance, check us out at Ghost Helpers on Facebook, the Facebook page, or on Instagram at The Real Ghost Helpers. Check us out. We'd love it if you would like the pages. We'd re- greatly appreciate that. This show is a little bit different because we feel so strongly about these elements of death and how to deal with those first years. And we want to thank the Oil Lounge for sponsoring this for us. Go to theoillounge.com. And you are listening to Ghost Helpers on Transforma- excuse me, Transformation Talk Radio. And we will be back shortly.
0: This ain't your daddy's toolbox. Are you ready to empower yourself with the right tools to support your body from the inside out? Join the Oil Lounge as they guide you in building your wellness toolbox of essential oils and plant-based products. It's time to ditch the toxins we're exposed to on a daily basis. The Oil Lounge is committed to sharing the value of essential oils. They offer simple and easy ways to use these life-enhancing products without breaking the bank. Are you ready to start building your everyday wellness toolbox? Visit theoillounge.com today.
1: Your money is your creational energy when you feed your wealth back into what you love it signals your choices and returns to you tune in to money momentum with host karen baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash
0: in your pocket realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see
1: listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are for more information on karen and money Momentum. Visit soulwhispers.uk.
0: How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it.
1: Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join
0: Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or
1: to listen to past shows, visit com. Welcome back to Ghost Helpers. We are talking about that year of first, the first year that somebody dies and you now have to deal with that holiday, that birthday or something. And life has changed. Family traditions have changed. And how do you cope with it as the person who's lost that significant one or how do you help somebody deal with that? That's what this show is all about. It's a little bit different than our quote unquote normal ghost shows because we just feel really passionate about the ability to help, the ability to help people understand maybe what somebody is going through because after a significant death, the world keeps going, believe it or not. Everybody gets busy, everybody starts doing their thing. And we talked about the difference between a violent death versus an unexpected death, or a young death versus an old death, and the fact that every death has a purpose, whether we're aware of it or not at the moment. The other thing I want to bring up is that love transcends dimensions. You cannot kill love, you cannot make love go away. When a loved one dies, the love you have for that person merely transcends dimension. And I wanna share a quick little story about how this works. And Tina and I, we were talking at the beginning of the show, how we've been dealing with helping a lot of, of victims of sex trafficking cross crossover. We had stumbled across this one young woman who we weren't intending to find, but we found her, I'm grateful for that. And she was, it was out of, and I think in Tacoma, Washington area, she was chloroformed And in the struggle for her life, they accidentally killed her. And one of the things that she said to us, and this is kind of a heartbreaking story, but it brings this whole love never dies concept home. She told us, I could hear my mom praying for me every night and I didn't know what to do. So those mother's thoughts and prayers were reaching her daughter as a ghost. Once her daughter crossed over, because we cross everyone over, those mother's prayers now still go to her daughter, but her daughter is in a place of healing and restoration. So this ghost could hear her mother's thoughts and prayers. And as a parent, how terrifying is that not knowing where your child is?
0: And understand that her prayers were actually answered in a certain way. Her prayers were her daughter be found and she'd be fine. That part of the prayer was not answered but her daughter was found and she was enabled to cross over and she did get the help she desperately needed because a lot of these things happen life after life. And that's a, an unfortunate situation. And at some point, hopefully the cycle becomes broken and the soul feels a sense of liberation and they don't have to come back right away. That's another reason to cross people over. They get a longer time to rest between lifetimes. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I think we really need to discuss is the the lesson of detachment. When a loved one dies, we have to learn how to detach ourselves from them. It does not mean our love goes away. Our love transcends dimension. But when we can detach and let that person cross over we talk about ghost haunting the the living all the time one of the things that i don't think we've touched on that much is the fact that the living can haunt the dead the living person can haunt the dead and this can be and i'm not going to win a popularity contest this can be especially true if a child dies and those parents are grieving so hard they can't let their child go. And it's not that they're doing it to be malicious or vicious, it's their grief is holding on to that child. And that child is not able to cross over because they're literally the ties that bind. And if we can take a moment and cross that child over, now those parents are doing a courageous spiritual act for their child. It's their last act as their living parents in this lifetime. It doesn't mean that when that child crosses over, they will never be reunited as souls. They can always be reunited as souls if everybody crosses over. If you go to ghosthelpers.com and you go to the Crossing Over Prayers, there is a set of four prayers. There's the original Crossing Over Prayer, and if you go to the right side, there's a toggle for if a person has died by suicide or a murder, or if you've lost a pet. So all of these prayers, all you have to do is pray, pray, play the prayer and request that that soul crosses over right now. And the reason why we say right now is because there is no time in those other dimensions.
0: You want that person to have that solace and it. re It, cuts the attachment that we have it's normal to want to stay attached but it's not serving the grieving person and it doesn't serve the dead person it also mitigates some of the fatigue that comes with grief grief is exhausting because you're doing a kind of spiritual work you you can't even imagine you have to process the energy of the separation from that person. So you have to allow yourself extra time. And if you're grieving, you still look at this long list of things you have to do. But the truth is, put two things on the list. If you get two things done in one day, you're doing really well. Maybe in a couple of weeks, you put three things on the list. And then you start allowing yourself to go back into some level of normal, but it's a new normal. The normal before the death is not ever going to happen again. The normal after the death is something, it's unknown territory. It's the new
1: normal, right? It, it is the new normal, it, absolutely. New normal for you and your family. Whether you
0: wanted it to be or not, it's how you adjust and
1: how you process the death that's critically important. So let's- I, I do want to kind of expand on that. And its I know it's not in our notes, but when we can let go of somebody- we know where they're at etc but what if i had a client who we've i've crossed over a couple of her really good friends that had died in a tragic accident but and we she was brave enough to cross them over but what was happening is that she couldn't detach from her friends and she ended up creating thought forms of her friends if you go back to the concept that thoughts are things these thought forms she created of her friends she could now see their ghosts again, but they weren't really their souls. I know that's kind of an esoteric concept, but she wasn't able to fully detach. And she created these thought forms because she feels like she can't live without these people. And ghosts, honestly, they can't help us. You're a ghost, just because someone dies, doesn't mean they're now your spirit guide. No. Okay. Let's just face it. And I know this just kind of is a little blasphemous, but because your father, child, mother, brother, whatever died, doesn't give them the credentials to be your new spirit guide. They need to cross over and have the healing and soul restoration that we all need for these lives between lives because these living mortal lives are tough.
0: Let's go back to thought forms just another second here. We have people tell us, this is really what happened to you. You cross the person over Mm -hmm. And they say, yeah, but I still sense them, and and we go, well, that's a thought form, and the person goes, oh no, no, I can still sense them, and I and I had a psychic tell me that they're still there. Well, the psychic is going to tell you they're still there, even though they're not, because you've created an energy signature that you remember, and and you think it's helping you, but you're you're creating an artificial attachment. Again, that doesn't help the soul, by the way. Even in the heaven world, that is not helpful for the
1: soul, and it's not helpful for the living either, it, because karma is going to want to know if you learned the lesson. There may be another death around the corner if you keep doing this. And I want to scare people, but it's we're here for these karmic lessons. So, if you feel like you've crossed, if you've crossed someone over, and you feel like they're there, or someone says, "Oh," and this could be a friend, like, "Oh my gosh, so and so visits me all the time." If that's really the case, and you've crossed them over visualize yourself pouring down a rain of salt over that thought form person and if they disappear that's a thought form
0: right they're never they weren't really there
1: and i know this is kind of a a tough esoteric concept but i think it's important to one to kind of introduce right now
0: salt works in every dimension That's why we love it but we're not using it in the, the traditional sort of new age way what helps people who are grieving I think these, and again, in the Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief, we have a whole section. I think it's on page 77. You've got a good memory. I do. It <laughs> took five years to write that book. There are certain tools, there are physical tools that you can use that help grief. And one of them is Star of Bethlehem.
1: Okay. Let's back up a little bit. What is Star of Bethlehem? Where do I get it?
0: Okay. There's a company called Bach, B-A-C-H, Flower Remedies. And in Bach flower remedies, they have something called, they have rescue remedy. So as soon as you get the news that something has happened, you end up with an adrenaline rush. And that's when rescue remedy helps bring you back to some balance so you can think. But you're still grieving. I mean, now you have long-term grief. Rescue remedy is only for the first day or so. Now you need Star of Bethlehem is a Bach flower remedy.
1: And you can find these in health food stores. We're not... um... We don't get a commission or anything like this. This is just really good, helpful information. Health food stores on Amazon, you can find these there. And you can put a couple of drops under your tongue and leave it sit there. If you need some quick, immediate relief, you can put in a couple of drops in your water or beverage throughout the day. Coffee is not a good beverage, but maybe a tea or water or something like that is a better beverage to keep those flower essences going.
0: Put some essential oil of lavender, oil lamps can certainly fix you up with that. Lavender is very healing. Uh, Put it in a bath, bathe in it, bathe with some salt. It helps to wash those emotions away. Lavender on the soles of your feet help restore in a kind way. A lot of the compassion you feel is you're raw with grief. And lavender helps a lot
1: the feet are the template for the body so when you can put the an, like a lavender essential oil and i do really recommend the oillounge.com for this because they have top quality oils not all oils are the same and if you go to a local mart of some sort they're going to be cut with all kinds of perfumes and other things so they're not a pure essential oil and that is not a, is not nearly as effective, if at all. So the oillaunch.com is a great place for this. But the feet and the hands, there are areas, especially if we look at Chinese oriental oriental medicine, that show the relationship between certain parts of the feet and organs in the body, etc. So when you cover your feet with in your hands with these essential oils, you're actually helping the entire physical body on an etheric level.
0: And <clears throat> when you do that. Uh, you can you can also sprinkle lavender on your pillowcase. It doesn't stain it. And you're breathing that in all night long or have a diffuser that diffuses lavender. If you had a lot of people grieving and it's been really hard, use a citrus, a lemon, an, a sweet orange oil, a, a grapefruit or a tangerine oil, a if,
1: citrus oil. If you can't get yourself out of a funk, um, just put a couple drops on your hands and cup your hands over your nose and just inhale a few times because that's going to shift your mood immediately.
0: These are very practical tools. I certainly have used them. I used a lot of of remedies um, after my brother died and after my niece died and after my kids moved away (laughs) because you're grieving all kinds of things. You don't always just grieve a death and combining. uh, I did a lot of combinations there's another product out there that you can get in many, many different places. It's called Noni Juice, M-O-N-I. N-O-N-I. Um, noni, acai berry, and mangosteen. There's three of them. It's, noni's not the only one. They're um, a fruit from a Polynesian area, Southeast Asia, Hawaii, and the, specifically Noni is a blood cleanser. You can put a drop, you can put an ounce and a gallon of water, and that really helps emotions. You can drink it straight. It helps, you know, your sad heart. It helps you to, to think and see because you have to wash out that adrenaline and those grief emotions somehow. They make the body acidic. Noni helps to restore that. Again, on page 77 of The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief, you're going to find these tools and a whole bunch more. Don't ignore your vitamins and your minerals, the things that have always kept you in good health. Take some time off, go to the movies. And if someone has had a death and you don't know what to give them, give them movie gift cards, give them restaurant gift cards. People don't feel like cooking when they're grieving.
1: Yeah. When people are in the throes of grieving, everybody wants to bring a meal over. It's our way of help, of processing. I'm doing something helpful, but how many meals? can a household of four people really consume over the course of 2 weeks when you're not eating because your grief is so strong so it it's a nice thought to bring a meal over but maybe get somebody who is a friend or family member and get a schedule going maybe every monday or something like that and bring something over so that way the family's not inundated with just a plethora of food that they they're will never throw away. Eat. they're uh, your freezer or your refrigerator can only hold so much. So getting a, a, a food calendar going with no more than like three or four meals a week. And then gift cards is even more helpful because then they can. Or you're out of
0: the area. A, a food gift cards for restaurants in the area you know they like. Starbucks cards or a coffee shop card are, are really, really helpful.
1: And movie gift cards are helpful because when you go to the movies, it takes your mind away from things.
0: Yes, you have the right to be entertained even when you're grieving. It's okay to smile again. It's okay to laugh out loud even when you're grieving. We're going to just give people permission to smile at someone (laughs) and give a... We give give, you permission to smile during your grief. And if you're going to give them a gift basket, don't give plants that have to have care. They don't need to be taking care of plants.
1: Or animals. No pets.
0: No pets. Um take a gift basket of paper products, plates, napkins, plastic that you don't feel like doing dishes or cleaning up the kitchen, make it simple for them. Or
1: even a grief basket with those remedies we just recommended of Star of Bethlehem, Rescue Remedy, Lavender Essential Oil with a nice note. Um, we find that that's usually just an amazing gift for people. And it's it's thoughtful. It's can last a lot longer than a meal, by the way, because they will be continuing to use it and let them know how to use it. Another thing, if you're grieving in the throes of grief, are just a hot Epsom salt bath with lavender essential oil because our body needs to release those acidic toxins, emotions out of our system so we can be in better balance. Which will
0: help you sleep. One of the other uh, things that happens with grief is you can't sleep. Especially if it's a sudden death, you keep going over and over and over and over it in your mind. A lot of this is also true if someone has become a missing person. The family has so much adrenaline, they're dealing with police or it's a murder. They really need these tools just to be able to get through every day.
1: The ability of not knowing may be worse than a sudden tragic death. I, I, I have to wonder.
0: At least there's an end. But when you don't know what happened to a person, it is an exceedingly awful, unique form of torture. And our hearts certainly go out to those individuals.
1: It really is.
0: And if you have a loved one missing, be sure you pray for them because they will be able to hear you.
1: And just in that story we talked about with the young girl, yes. I think her name may have been Julia. I, I believe that was her I don't name. Remember, she, could, did. You know, she verified that she could hear her mother's prayers. And I thought that was...
0: I think that stuck with us. That was so compelling for her to tell us that, that for every mother or every father or every individual out there who's praying for another person, all thought is energy. And when you send positive energy to another person, that person can feel it, whether they're living or dead or missing or whatever makes a huge difference
1: prayers really do work again like tina said thoughts you know prayers thoughts energy it really does work and when you're sending out a prayer for their highest good their greatest good it is more helpful than maybe we ever would realize
0: absolutely and it doesn't matter what you think you're not what you think it doesn't matter what your faith is the goodness of prayer is what really matters and i i want to remind people that there's no Religion in the afterlife, what does exist in the heaven world, is the very finest elements of every faith on the planet. The love, the respect, the caring, the compassion that exist in some form in every religion that's out there.
1: It does not exist in the fourth dimension, the land of ghosts. A ghost will never get those things afforded to them, which is why it's so important to cross them over. And you can go to ghosthelpers.com, the crossing over prayers, and you can play that and request that your loved one does indeed cross over. So let's do a quick recap because I know that this was a lot of information.
0: When someone's grieving, talk to the person. If you're the person grieving, find someone you can call up and say, I'm having a tough day, can I? Can you talk for a few minutes? It's okay to say I'm having a tough day. That's normal. That's- talk about the person. Don't pretend that everything's just fine. Don't just paper over your emotions. That's going to cause physical anomalies to, anomalies to develop in the body. Talk about the person who died. They were here, they're not here talk about it.
1: And if you're helping someone who's going through a death, just be there and listen. You don't always have to talk. You can just sit there and watch TV or something, or just kind of reach out in a phone call or a text or something like that. And just, Hey, you know, how you doing? Let's go do something soon. Don't, don't be a stranger because that isolation with somebody who has a really difficult grieving death they're dealing with. When they're isolated, it becomes even more painful.
0: Give gifts that really help of grieving family: paper products, food gift cards, movie gift cards, uh, remedies, essential oils, those kinds of things.
1: And the Bach flower remedies of of rescue remedy. I want to say light and grief. That's a different brand. Star of Bethlehem. Star of Bethlehem. Thank you. There's also another brand that Tina and I really swear by: BotanicalAlchemy.com. And Clifton makes the most wonderful things. And he's got one called Light and Grief. It's absolutely amazing. It's probably one of our favorites. BotanicalAlchemy.com.
0: And if you want to know what how to help someone grieve with the grieving process, the Lightworkers Guide to Healing Grief. If you're grieving. It helps you to understand how to get to know yourself again in The Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief. They're all available
1: oh, on Amazon.
0: You were know. I am I, fine
1: before the show.
0: I know. I'm not sure what's happening. I'm Maybe we have a lot, sad people. a lot of There might be a lot
1: of grieving ghosts. I mirror
0: the grieving ghosts. And if you're signing a holiday card, say, love the Smith family or the whatever, the John Doe family. <laughs> and, you know, tell people matter-of-factly what happened. It's, it happened. And you have to, you have to go forward and crying is healthy, love the person, send them prayers. At some point you're going to have to start living again and living again and smiling again and laughing again and singing out loud again. If that's something you do are all normal processes and you can get back to them.
1: And I think the most important takeaway, if there's any takeaway from this is that love never dies. Love transcends dimension. And one of the most spiritually compassionate things we can do is to help our loved ones to cross over and understand that when you cross over your loved one, you're going to kind of feel a shift that is subtle, but, or maybe it's sometimes not so subtle and it can be a little bit indescribable, but know that, you know, if you go to ghosthelpers.com, the crossing over prayers are there for you. There's a free tool you will be able to help them in a way that no one else has been able to help them, maybe for millennia. And just know that if a psychic or some other person says, oh, they're with me all the time or something, understand that they're probably creating thought forms from their grief, which is not necessarily the healthiest of things to do.
0: And we want to wish everyone happy, whatever holiday you're celebrating, may it be wonderful for you. And recognize that you're having an experience
1: and do the best
0: you can with it.
1: Next week, we are going to have an encore presentation on the Ouija boards because we got so much feedback about people saying, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. We're going to do an encore presentation of that because we really want producers, Benny and Nate to hopefully have a day off. I don't know if they will or not. Huh guys? Yeah. (laughs) No way. I'll be here. Oh really? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'll get one day off all right very good they let they let me have the one, the one oh my day. goodness not do my work and it's all good yeah well you know we know you love your job so it just it carries out there so um next week is an encore presentation and benny and nate might get an extra hour off how's that that's fantastic
0: <laughs> we want to thank all of you for listening to uh ghost helpers on transformation talk radio if you have a question or a comment please contact us at contact at ghosthelpers.com contact at ghosthelpers.com if you have a story you want us to know about or you'd like to leave a story on our website please please share that other people need to know that this can work and how it may have worked for you And you don't have to leave your whole name and we want to thank our our sponsors
1: the oil lounge.com for sponsoring this show and we are go check them out. By the way, it's a great time of year to check them out. They carry all of these essential oils that we've been talking about and a lot more, the oil lounge.com. And we want to thank Benny and Nate, our producers for all their help in putting this show together, check out our books and courses at ghost and check out our social media pages and click a like. We'd love that. And with that, we will see you in two weeks where it'll be the new year. Yes. Oh my gosh, scary thought. Start the year with us. All right, well, so thank you very much and have a great couple of weeks.